and here we are, Cinema Squabble, episode number 88. Adam Gerke, and I would say Sarah Michelle Fetters, who is not here tonight, uh, but Tim Hall and that guy John, we are all here gathered, Avengers Assembled, and ah, nice. uh, <laughs> ah, see, like I was going to say Wonder Twin Powers activate, but there's three of us. Uh, so uh, the, the three of us here to discuss three strong films, uh, so to speak. We've got Penguins, we've got La Llorona, and Avengers Endgame. And we're going to try and do the end game factor without spoilers. Yes, is that, is that very much fair? So. Mm-hmm. I think we should yep. do that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that being the case, let me just give you the real quick before we dig into the meat because everyone has been asking me about Endgame, mm-hmm. and and I would imagine that both of you have been getting like copious amounts of questions. Yes. Uh, yes. Almost okay. every day for about a week, even yeah. a week before we saw the film. Yeah. Now that people know that we have seen the film. Yeah. Text, Facebook message, Twitter. Yeah. All yeah. of the above. So. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. Let's put a pin <laughs> in it. And uh, let me tell you about this dinky little film that came out from Disney here, here first, just because. Uh, it happens to be called Penguins. This is very similar to March of the Penguins uh, that was a few years back with Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman uh, doing the narration of it. Uh, although this time we get the voice of Ed Helms. And uh, Ed is uh, anthropomorphizing a little penguin by the name of Steve. Steve is kind of trying to live his hashtag best penguin life. So he's trying to find a girl, settle down, have some kids, and become the man in a good way. But life on the ice and the sea isn't necessarily always easy, and it's not always very forgiving. So keeping his family together, that could take a little more effort than what poor Steve ever really figured he'd have in mind. That being the case, it's a Disney film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a Disney, and we've seen all the other, like there's the wild cats, yeah, the elephants, that. The or panda the, one. the panda one. They, they've done this before. We've seen this model before, the monkey one that came out a, a couple years ago. And it, I have a few issues with this real quick, which is you never really know if you're following the same penguin the whole time. You're just going to assume it is because yeah. they're putting the same voiceover on the penguin, but... I am not a penguin Give expert. Give him an armband or a sweet tattoo. Right. Something like tag him so that we would right. know. Just that this tag, is, tag yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, And then you could follow him. Oh, yeah. There's Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're, but we are following Steve theoretically through this whole period. Theoretically. What I, what I, I love how Adam, this is Adam's conspiracy hour. Right. Well, there has been, there has, I think there was one of these Disney episodes where, I think there were, it was the big cats. They were following a cat. The cat died about halfway through the documentary. Mm. And so they're trying to portray it as, well, this is real life, kids, and things don't always go as planned. All right. Um, and in this case, we do see some penguin death. That does happen because it is the wild and things do go wrong sometimes. Uh, but we do follow Steve from start to finish. And for as goofy as this this film was, because it is goofy, it is not a serious documentary, mm-hmm. like March of the Penguins. But w- all of us walked out of there, and we all went, you know, actually, I did learn a thing or two about penguins. Mm. Ah, so okay. mission accomplished in that regard. What I am going to say also is the cinematography they put into these things is usually pretty darn amazing, yep. and that continues here. Uh, I, I think the rest of it is all kind of just meh, whatever, fun for the ha- family, and uh, and it just kind of rides along with it. But it, it's cutesy, it's goofy. Is this a National Geographic co-production, or are they not involved at all? I don't I, think National Geographic's involved with this okay. one. Nat Geo, I don't believe got. Their, I know they kind of work with some of these. So. Yeah, and I don't think this is one of them. Okay, um, but it's it's overall charm. It's seventy six minutes in, out, done. 
So, you know, little kids aren't restless and parents don't feel too mind brain dead by the time right. they get out of it. So uh, there you go. I give it a, a moderate thumbs up if you're looking for something for the weekend with the kids. Well, the big kids go watch the other big films. Uh, moderate thumbs up. Is there a new rating system? No, 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 squad? Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that. And I yeah. thought, ah, yeah, so I, things have changed. It, yeah, <laughs> I'll, call, I'll give it a, uh, so yeah, I'll give it, it's, it's, it's a... <laughs> It's a theater for the family or a rental while you're at home. So I'll split it and call it a... Uh, a therental. A therental. Yeah. There you go. Boy, that's... Yeah. It, it's about as, as halfway as I can get. So... Interesting. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, La Llorona. This... John, <laughs> tell us of this. Yeah. So The Curse of La Llorona, uh, mm-hmm. the new film that for whatever reason <laughs> they chose to make as part of the Conjuring universe. Yeah. I say for whatever reason because none of this matters. Yeah. Like, this is a prequel to a lot of the other ones we have seen. This takes place, like, 73-ish, something like that. Yeah, I think it was 73. It would be one thing if, like, with Annabelle, we see that we get a prequel, and then we get, like, an even further prequel, but it all ties in. We see where it ends up. Mm -hmm. This had no business being a Conjuring Universe film. Mm. But the film itself, uh, basically, there is this... I tried explaining this on on my episode yeah. <laughs> for this week, and it still does not make sense. There's this old folklore tale, Mexican folklore tale, of a woman who has a spurned lover, and so she takes away the one thing that he loved and drowns their two boys, their two children, mm-hmm. and then cries about it and feels real bad and then haunts people throughout eternity. Yeah, searching for, for her own boys, because... The way I understand the curse goes is that La Llorona, a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. exactly like you're describing, uh, her husband falls in love with a younger woman, beautiful woman, so she, to spite him, kills her children. Right. But then when she dies, because she realizes what she's done, she gets to heaven's gates, and they're like, where are your children? And she feels absolutely... Did they talk about that in the movie? No, no they don't. Okay. They don't. I, I, like, I actually had to read this up later, because okay. I was like, really, what is the folkloric tale here? Because... I usually love folkloric horror. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, so that's so she gets to Heaven's Gate, and they're like, mm, "Where's your kids?" She's like, "Ah." So she now walks this earth in search of her two sons that she. Okay. So, so that actually that's that's the story. That's why she's killing kids. Yeah, and like so uh, on my episode this week when we talked about it, also with Tim and my friend and our friend Jess, they asked me that same thing. They're like, "Why is she killing kids?" I was like, "I do not know," because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the movie, yeah. They never really go over that. No, and don't. I really wish that they had leaned more into the Mexican folklore. It starts off in Spanish in this great, you know, kind of period setting. Yeah. And then that is kind of it. So we follow them with this contemporary tale in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Cardellini's character, her family then gets possessed yep. by this woman and her two kids. This family is so dumb. <laughs> and they make every dumb cliche move in a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, they have the ex priest, ex Catholic priest who is now like a rogue, uh, old school mysticism science buster, science right. man guy. Yeah, yeah, but it works. Like yeah. his plan works. He puts some barriers around the door. Mm-hmm. She cannot come in. The kid is dumb. Grabs her bear, breaks the barrier. La Llorona is back. Mm-hmm. It was just so back and forth. The CGI of the creature design yeah. of the weeping woman was awful. Yeah. Uh, the benefit of a lot of these Conjuring movies is small budget, good script, decent decent to good acting, mm-hmm. and you make a gajillion dollars. Yeah. This had very plain acting from Linda Cardellini. She was good, but nothing special. Yeah. Bad script, 
that did not explain the actual ghost that we are following. Right. And then it does not tie into anything. Mm-hmm. So it was just weird. Yeah. I, and I, I, so I'm agreeing with you on a lot of this. And the thing is, is I can't understand how it fits in the Conjuring universe, much the way like Marvel has a universe. So there's all these characters mm-hmm. who are doing these things. Right. But you're right. There are some blatant, like on the head thumps with, yeah. well, by the way, here's the priest that we met over here in this other country. You mm-hmm. didn't, you're right. You didn't need to include no. that. You didn't, you didn't need to do any of that. We didn't need to see the, An- they do show the Annabelle doll. We didn't need to see the Annabelle nope. doll. It, none of that, you're right, because none of it's applicable. It's just kind of like, oh, by the way, in case you weren't paying attention, this belongs with these. But it just, do yeah. it like they did, we talked about this after our screening, mm-hmm. with Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro took a break from actually writing and directing for a while and produced yep. some movies. So he had some young upstart filmmakers be like, we want your name and some of your money to help us bring our vision to life. Yeah. And he did that. Yeah. Just make this James Wan presents, right? As as opposed to as part of the Conjuring universe, universe. like nobody yeah. cares. Like that just yeah. It was it was just weird that they did that when everything felt so ham fisted. Do you feel like that's maybe sort of the they they're trying to create a giant? I mean, what I see with it is merchandising, or it's like it's like they're trying to create they're trying to create a brand or a universe, much the way we see with the comic worlds. Mm-hmm. And if they're able to do that. It's all, it's all driven, or it's all to drive bigger dollars. One hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's like when you're shopping on Amazon, and you look at the bottom. It says people who bought this also, also bought what? this, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like people who enjoyed The Conjuring probably also like this movie, and it's yeah. just, you know, it's as horror movies go, they're really concerned about the first weekend. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> crushing the first weekend, and it did, and it did this weekend. It did. It's it did. the number one movie in the because world right now. Yeah. Nothing else is out. <laughs> well, that's yeah. not the even the point. Like. <laughs> Which is which is smart by their by it their is. oh absolutely smart. yeah nothing else is out even though we have a subpar movie mm-hmm. the 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 reviews have not been great people will come see it because there's yeah. nothing yeah. else out the branding there's and no marketing ho- behind this there's movie. no horror out there's nothing you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean it's, it's number April. one movie did you get a chance to, were you there at the screening with no, us Matt? okay because no. I think somebody actually quoted you which was dumb people doing dumb things that was me yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so, a, it's a horror movie staple yeah and so, you got to be dumb yeah what would have made this smarter though. What I really wanted out of this that would be a relatively easy fix, especially with some of the talented Latin filmmakers we have, yeah, give us this movie in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like if they had done this oh, yeah. in Spanish, yeah, with a lot more of the Latin influence, mm-hmm. way better. Because then, like, I recently saw a movie when I was covering uh, the Vancouver Badass Film Festival in Vancouver yeah. called Amata Negra, mm-hmm. and it was a Brazilian horror film. takes place in a village. In a native Brazilian dialect, the whole movie was about that. It tied into the mysticism, the culture. Give us that. Like, but this, I don't know if you can sell that movie. Yes, you, I don't it, know how you how do you how do you sell that movie and how does that is that movie the number one movie in the world? Do you get to put that on posters? Could you put that in exactly. your commercials? You don't get to yeah. do that as yeah. much yeah. as authentic as it would be. It's not the big movie it needs to be. Yeah. The, the big movie that they want it to be. It'll probably yeah. still be successful in in smaller markets, but doing that. It then becomes a foreign language film, yeah. which yeah. then cuts down what theaters it's in, which then cuts down on the audience who come see it, which is probably not what they want. Well, yeah. the other weird thing is that, again, it touches on, I mean, taking out that, not taking out, but using that beginning as a launching pad where like it takes place in Mexico, mm-hmm. in Spanish. We tie into other cultural Mexican things throughout the movie. Yeah. 
but not enough for it to really matter. Yeah, it's true. Like we we are led to believe her husband was also Mexican. Yep. So the kids are half, so then there's but it's, a connection it's, there. It's almost only implied because it's never really like it actually it's not implied. It they, they do get like say his name's last name is Garcia or something like that. That is it. But that's it. <laughs> we don't really we don't really get anything else. Yeah. That's a strong point. Yeah, but I think I think, you know, for those type of films, they're not concerned with doing anything else. Yeah. They're just not concerned with it. Like they they should be I mean as it, it's what we talk about all the time, right? The conflict between the artistry of the filmmaking mm-hmm. and the business side of it. Yeah. So if it took a leap to be more interesting, it's a different movie yeah. that they feel like they can't sell. Whether yeah. they can't sell it or not is up to the date, but they feel like they can't sell and that's probably hard to push when you're in a room full of people who are concerned with making money than being like culturally, yeah. you know, Cult- specific about anything. For sure. And I think you're, you're, you're onto something there. The, the thing that I, I'm thinking back to though is when Pan's Labyrinth came out, mm-hmm. that was that was yeah. all in Spanish. The difference yeah. also with that is when that movie came out, everybody knew who Guillermo del Toro was, right? And the people who did not, yeah, that was their entry, and they were like, "This guy is a genius." Yeah, for the people who did not know who he was already. So I think there's a difference, but there is such a huge, especially in the past, I would say five years, sure, huge renaissance of Mexican, specifically Mexican filmmakers making Mexican horror films yeah. that I just, I wanted more of that. Yeah. I, I remember, um, and these were two that Guillermo had his initials on. It basically as producer was Mama and mm-hmm. yeah. uh, El Orinfanto. I think those right. were both, yeah. both, and, and I love both of those. Yeah. Um, they fall apart in their own way, but oh, I, they definitely, well, Mama <laughs> falls apart at the end for uh, sure. Mama was based off like a five minute short film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that was like the same time, like Lights Out came out right, based on a short exactly. film. Yeah. yeah. And I remember with Mama specifically, there's a couple scenes in there that actually work really well because you're reading subtitles. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I just remember thinking to myself going, this is, man, this is fantastic. And, right. and I'm still getting what I need to get from it, subtitles and all. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Something to be said. So where would you sit on this one in, in general? Is this the theater rent or a skip for you? This is a skip. Yeah. Because it is not a compelling entry into the Conjuring universe. Yeah. This is not a compelling entry into the Latin Mexican horror genre. Yeah. It's not a compelling entry into the horror genre. Like, they do not do anything new mm-hmm. in any of the aspects they were trying to do. Yeah. And so it just failed. So it is a skip for me. Okay. So, and I looked at it going, I really wish there was more source material that they were working with. Yeah. Like, give us more of the story. I was also surprised, lack of blood or gore. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, know, is, that is true. There's, you know, like, this is, there's not a is lot it PG-13? of. PG-13? Yeah. That's why. Uh, or, or wait, let me double check. Nope, it's rated R. Well, that's weird. No, that was rated, rated R for, oh, let me guess, uh, for graphic imagery. Maybe. For tone. But I mean, yeah, you can have a rated R movie with no blood. Right. Because of just, if you have more of it set at night or at a graveyard. But yeah, yeah. that isn't, I had not really thought about that because we see some super creepy things. Right. But when but, we finally get the reveal of the creature, I'm looking meh. straight at it in this yeah. jump scare. And I was like, this is just bad. Yeah. 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 Conjuring or uh, what was the other one? Insidious. We had some better jump Oof. scares with. Yeah, Insidious has some good ones. You know, with Insid- both of those. Actually. Insidious, that table scene. Mm-hmm. They're saying yeah. the table and it comes up behind her. Yeah. Legitimately creepy. And when you see the creature, it is scary. Mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. you see the creature and it is just not. Yeah. yeah. Now, are you also a little uh, burnt out on uh, uh, curtains that are always kind of blowing in the in the breeze? And no, I can, and I can take that. I yeah. can take a movie that focuses on jump scares. If they are done right, if there's a payoff to it and a buildup, this is just jump scare, jump scare, jump mm-hmm. scare. Yeah. 
But yeah, what what did you think of it? Well, so that's that. I mean, lack of blood. Yep. Jump scares ran a little dry with me, mm-hmm. and uh, overall, I, I didn't think the acting was terrible. But you're right; they they could have offered more. I was, and like I said, I was missing on the source material. So, mercifully, it was 93 minutes. Yeah. It didn't necessarily <laughs> overstay its welcome. <laughs> mercifully, 93 minutes. Right. Yeah. But it did. Yeah, but it didn't drag us out for any longer no. than it had to. Nope. Uh, so I'm actually going to give it a rental just out of the fact. I mean, it's like. Complete. You did your job. You, you did get a couple good scares in, but uh, overall, not yeah, worth overall, it. this yeah. is no. Don't. I would not spend more than uh, like three bucks. That's unfortunate. Know, so no. Well, and plus, know. I mean, this is definitely a movie. Mm-hmm. If you're going through Netflix and you are a horror fan, and this is on there, yeah, you will probably give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But it just, it is just rough. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So there is a big film that we all witnessed. Yeah, you sir got to witness on your birthday. I did witness it on my birthday. That is, can I just say happy that confluence of events? Happy, yeah. happy birthday, Tim! Thank you, I appreciate it. If I got a chance to see an epic film on my birthday, yeah. it felt like a, a really good gift. <laughs> it was, yeah. So, tell us about this Avengers Endgame. Wow, this is Avengers Endgame, probably one of the three biggest films of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're doing the thing that Marvel does, which is push up the summer movie season just a, just a tad. So now we're in April. Uh, it is the culmination of 22 films, 11 years, 10 plus years mm-hmm. of filmmaking uh, that this, this started with Iron Man. And it's the sequel to Infinity War, which came out last year, where we last found our Avengers sort of beaten by Thanos. And so this movie is about them sort of regrouping and dealing with the fallout of the snap and trying to figure out a way to defeat Thanos and hopefully bring all their loved ones back. Yeah. So the universe has been halved. Halved. Mm-hmm. Kind of all life yeah. in the universe. Yeah, everything in the and and the big fifty percent off sale. Right. And and <laughs> there was really kind of no rhyme or reason as to which half or which person. Nope. Yeah. So and he you, says that yeah. and if you watch rewatch Infinity War when he's on and, Titan having a conversation with Strange, yeah. he was like it would be random. Yeah. Like it would be everyone. Yeah. Like I don't it's not like just the poor people, it's whoever. It is True. not, you know, we'll save the best and brightest. Yeah. It is just nope. If you half. go, you go. Yeah. So that sets us up for Endgame. Endgame. Do we, how do you, how do you want to describe this any more than that without yeah, spoilers, it's hard to, right? <laughs> so, um, what we talked about yesterday when we recorded was, like, the team is broken in a way that I don't think we've seen them, that we usually don't see in our superhero films. Mm-hmm. And they're all broken in different ways, whether it be Tony, Cap, Thor, um, Hulk, they're all dealing with like guilt and frustration. And Black Widow. Black Widow, the yeah. Hawkeye, like yeah. they're all struggling in their own way. And they have this chance, this opportunity that feels like, you know, a one in a million chance. And they feel like this is it. And they're trying to convince themselves to, to do this thing. And they're not sure if it's going to work. And what I enjoyed about the film, even during the third act, I was like, is this going to work? Like, yeah. I'm still thinking, I wonder if this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a big part of me that's like, of course it works because this is this is what these movies do. But there's a part of me of that wondered how would they get this done, mm-hmm. and I think the film does a good job of touching on sort of those emotions. Mm-hmm. Like when people, the first reviews people said it was really emotional, and I immediately thought about the ending. But mm-hmm. after watching it, there are moments throughout the film that are very emotional yeah. that aren't about death or loss. It's just these people struggling with where they're at and and what they should do, what they could do, what they can't do. Yeah, which I thought was very powerful, which we rarely see in these kind of movies. Yeah, it's, like, it's rare. I would I would agree with that because there were a number of, and again, without giving away any yeah. parts of the plot, mm-hmm. there were a number of spots where I think characters are wrestling, exactly what you're saying, they're wrestling with their past in some way, shape, yeah. or form, or uh, things that have shaped them the way they are, mm-hmm. and 
it it was emotional. I did find myself going, oh man, yeah, gosh, if oh man, yeah. if I had to think, of, you know, like if I had that sort of familial relation, or if I had this or that, you know, um, if if I was to meet a certain person from my past in a way, you know, that shaped me, yes, um, this. You know, it, it would be tough. It would be tough. Yeah. Um, or to have a conversation with a relative that maybe I didn't know or I mm. did know or, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, it, it, very timely in that regard where I yeah. think uh, this is a, a, a great time of questioning for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and one of the things that I thought was interesting that was such a subtle nod. Mm-hmm. So Captain America, you know, is from the 40s you know he is from this different time different place yeah and through his movies we have seen him kind of be like wait uh wait what Mm -hmm. like just kind of adjusting and everything Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. in this there is a group therapy scene Mm -hmm. that we see in one of the trailers where it is they're just survivors you know talking about people they lost and everything like that and one of the characters who cameo is one of the directors Mm -hmm. (laughs) one of the russo brothers is in this therapy session and he starts talking about going out on a date and what do they talk about? And within two questions, it is, who did you lose? And all of that. Yeah. That is one thing. But he talks about it in this context. Like, he is a gay man talking about going on a date with another man. Captain America is just unfazed by this whatsoever and just yeah. goes on, just talks to him. Like, that was such a small moment. Mm-hmm. But it was an important moment because this is somebody out of time. Yeah. Who is, we see him adjusting to things. And then with this, he is just rolling with it. Yeah. I love that just really simple aspect. And I think that's a, that is a characteristic we see specifically because in that scene, Steve is leading the group yeah. as mm-hmm. how to move forward and how to, mm-hmm. how to pick up the pieces and yeah. move on. He says it's up so, to us. Yeah. 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 Which is sort of the theme throughout the film. Like it's up to them. And what mm-hmm. I, what I, one thing I did enjoy about this movie, it's, it's really focused on our core group that we sort of watched in the Avengers. It's cap, it's, it's Thor, it's Tony, mm-hmm. it's Hawkeye, Widow. it's black widow. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, like, I like that it's focused on them. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about it um, after the film. Like, a lesser film would have made some really weird choices mm-hmm. with, like, yeah. trying to go too big. And I think a lot of this movie, especially early on, isn't really that big. Yeah. They're they're trying to figure out what to do. And, we of course, we, it's not a comic movie without a big com- comic battle at the end. Mm-hmm. Where right, right. You get all these moments, but it's not a movie that's force-feeding action for the sake of having action. Yeah. Like, they pull you along this story, and you're seeing these people, and the payoffs at the end are really good. Yeah. It works. Did you... But touching on what you're getting at, did you feel this was maybe at all a little too formulaic out of the fact that we get these Marvel films where it's like, okay, progress, 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 big explosion, end, and finish? No, because I think it was a send-off. I don't mean send-off as in mm-hmm. people are dying, but it was a yeah. send-off for these characters in a way... Yeah. that I thought was heartfelt and was for fans of the movies. Yeah. So I think you needed to sort of remind you, because there's tons of callbacks to these other movies sure. and <laughs> other stories and other people and other characters. Yeah. And so you're getting familiar with, like, it, there's like a trailer that they ran for the movie where it's like, it's all in black and white, and it's like you're seeing these characters grow through these movies. Mm-hmm. And this, this film is very much that. You're seeing yeah. them grow, how they've grown. And then when we get to the end of the film, you kind of get a very, very sweet payoff. And I think that's why that's different. Yeah, I think one of the ways I kind of looked at this was kind of like, the world's best high school reunion. Yeah. You know, mm, if, wow. if you've ever had to go to a high school reunion, it's yeah. like, here's all these people. Remember these guys from your past? Here's Booger. Here's yeah. this. Here's that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's the, you know, um, you, and that, that was kind of, that was the feel that I had from this was it yeah. was, like you say, a very heartfelt um, class reunion. Yeah. What, what I appreciated was, was the conflict. Yeah. Like there's conflict within them 
when the movie opens yeah about what to do who wasn't there why you weren't there what was happening that sort of people are agitated no mm -hmm. one's just like yeah i'm all in on this plan people are like ah. maybe not and even yeah. thanos is a character like he sort of is this cloud over everybody they're kind of afraid of him they kind of don't know if they can beat him right and people hearing him seeing him and you know yeah you can see it it, it brings some emotion out of people yeah because yeah even yeah because the hulk yeah. Uh, and I will give this one little spoiler away. Bruce Banner and the Hulk have kind of made good with each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think and it's too much. I think people kind of. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, it's the interesting. Hulk. It, right. Right. And mm -hmm. it's sort of, um, it's sort of one of those things where the Hulk is even kind of going, well, look, Thanos kicked my ass as the Hulk yeah. and then he kicked my ass as a professor yeah. and <laughs> yeah, I had to make good with that. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and again, I think you touch on that, that almost every main character, mm-hmm that we have been following now for quite a few years, we get an arc. We yeah. get some sort of payoff one way or the other. Mm. And that is unique. And again, a, a lesser movie would be like, here's the team and everyone high fives and shake yeah. hands and here we go, fight the bad guy. Whereas this, they're like, hey, here's the team, but I still am really mad at you yeah. for things that happened two years ago or X number of years ago. Mm -hmm. But we have something, like we have to get together. Yeah. But there's still that, animosity there yeah i don't fully trust you yeah and it, and it but it makes sense and yeah, i think that, that i wouldn't fully trust you yeah no yeah if you're going up against somebody that i mean again after the events of civil war mm -hmm. that movie was four years ago yeah we still feel that because to the characters those wounds are still fresh the first time we're seeing each other yeah we yeah. haven't seen each other since then and we, we talked about it, i won't spoil it but we talked about like the first thing tony says when he lands it was i think it was very key because i think it's the thing that drives him throughout this film mm -hmm. through these moments with him and it's not oh i was telling john like it's not like where's pepper or anything right. it's not what you yeah. what a lesser film would do he's he's focused on something that he feels guilt about and he it's this thing that keeps coming up as the film goes and yeah. you know, has sort of his crescendo at the end of the film which i thought was fantastic yep. so captain marvel makes an appearance in this film obviously she does. She does. we we knew that was coming yep. mm -hmm. so how did you think they were able to utilize captain marvel now that we've had the introduction to yeah Carol Danvers, mm -hmm. and I mean, technically, she shot this first, but yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> how did you how did you think about what did you think of her involvement? I thought it, I thought they used her well. Mm -hmm. I thought they they could, they could have overused her, but I think they 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 used her, and she was at a point in the film where it was necessary to have her around. Yeah, I think it's always dangerous when you have a character that is like omnipresent, omnipowerful, yeah. and like um, can can do no wrong. Right, and mm -hmm. I I think you're right. They they don't overutilize her, mm -hmm. and they don't. Um, well, it be, yeah, they, they don't make her the focal point no. in that yeah. same regard. But she's in it. She has a presence. And, yeah. and everyone has everyone who's involved kind of has a moment. They all sort of have a presence in this film. They get a moment, especially in the third act, to do something mm -hmm. that's cool and will get fans screaming and yelling. So I like that they kind of gave everyone a moment. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting with Captain Marvel because that was one of the characters that had the biggest amount of speculation. Mm -hmm. People, Some people were upset preemptively being like, Oh, if she just shows up and she, you know, beats up Thanos, that's not going to be earned and blah, blah. There are other people saying because she is so powerful, how are they going to depower her in the beginning to tone it down? They just rolled with it. Yeah. yeah. And so there was, there was a really great moment in the third act where we see how strong she really is. Mm -hmm. And at that same time, we see how smart Thanos is. That is the one of the my biggest takeaways. Thanos is not the typical giant big bruising meathead, yeah. meathead. like yeah. he is fast he is intelligent 
He is a tactician. He is a fighter. And he's crazy. Like, and he is crazy. But when yeah. you watch him actually fight, mm-hmm. he is not just swinging haymakers. Like, everything is calculated. He will throw somebody into the path of a certain thing coming at him. Like, he is fully aware of his surroundings. And that makes a complex villain that, unfortunately, we just do not always see. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, the Captain Marvel stuff tying in with that. It was good. Like, yeah, she definitely has her moments. She is super powerful still, mm-hmm. but she is not invulnerable. She is yeah. not perfect. Yeah. Nobody is. Yeah. Now, there is a spot in the film, and I, I want to get your take on it. Yeah. We're three dudes in a room here talking about this. Yes. Right. There is a point in the film where, and to, so the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo, Joe Russo, mm-hmm. put this in, and they they coin a scene where it is, it's it's for the ladies. Yep, mm-hmm. and absolutely. It's, and it's basically, uh, nope, this one's on the ladies, and they got it. It's yours, girls. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the the sentiment behind it. Yeah. In to my eyes, I know why it's there. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm wondering, did that feel at all clunky to you when no, you're watching that? No, there's a similar scene in Infinity War. Yeah, in, there, in the Infinity yeah. War, in the trenches. Yeah. When uh, Okoye uh, sees <laughs> Scarlet Witch, and she was like. Where have you, like, why have you been up there yeah. the whole time? There's that yeah. scene because you know. approximately midnight mm-hmm. confronts Scarlet Witch and says something to her, and then she realizes it's this thing that's happening. And yeah, they've done it before. I don't, I don't yeah. yeah. This one was yeah. definitely more obvious because right. it was the amount of female characters yeah. right in one frame. I well, think it, I yeah. think it was, I mean, again, yes, it, it could have been a little bit too much, but I think they played it well. It's like 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah, we, we get the frame of everybody. Yeah. And then go to the action. Yeah. It's yeah. not like the slow, slow all yeah. of the women Charlie's Angel style. Not, like right, right. No. And and I'm not and I'm not trying to diminish from no. this at no. all. I, but I, it did stick out to me, and I kind of went, "Huh." I wonder if there was a way that this could have been nuanced or um, with a little more savvy that wasn't quite so on the nose. But mm-hmm. but then maybe it doesn't matter. I mean, doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. The, it, the, my my friend's daughters will scream. Yep. And oh, yeah. And I think they know that. Yeah. They'll, like we were talking about, I remember taking my, my my friend and her daughter to go see The Force Awakens and that scene when Rain gets the lightsaber and she's like yeah. set up in her chair. Like there are moments that are yeah. for people. Oh, yeah. Um, Just like as a comic book fan, there are moments, which I won't spoil, that are for me as a comic Oof. book fan. And I know that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm fine with that. that <laughs> it's for me. Yeah. I'm, and I'm cool with it. Even mm-hmm. like some of the callbacks, like the callback to Winter Soldier, yeah. it's for people who love the movie. One of sure. my... One of my yeah, and it's one a of my great sequence, yeah. and it's yeah. funny. And even the end of the sequence is a, is a callback to people who read the comics. Yeah, that's yeah. for nerds, and I don't yeah. feel bad about it because it's clearly you know quote unquote fan service. But I, people yeah. always approach fan service like it's a negative, but it should be for fans. And I think yeah. because this has become popular culture, there are plenty of, of of women, there are plenty of young women, plenty of girls who are fans of this. And if you want to give them something in the film, go please. absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah. yeah. So. In some regards, I'm also kind of reminded of Ready Player One mm-hmm. um, as we kind of turn into Showdown here. I mean, yeah. now, two vastly different films. Yes. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, you know, don't say, Adam said this is the same. No, no, no. Um, but there is a, a massive showdown in Ready Player One, yeah. which I, I can kind of put almost side by side in this. Yeah. Um, Thoughts on originality? Are they doing anything new in this film that we haven't seen done before? No. No. Okay. Uh, but but I don't know if that's the route you're going with the film. Like, well, there's no, really no other way to end it other yeah, than yeah. this. So, I mean, it, again, it, it goes back to are they creating new filming techniques and original things? Yeah. No. 
But are they doing what they have earned? Yes. And but are also, they doing it well? Yes. But also, as we discussed the film, that's not that was never our big takeaway. As as we were like, what do we think about the film? Yeah. It wasn't like this big battle. It was like, hey, these characters who we love, we're watching them go through things, and I think that's what makes these Marvel movies special is mm-hmm. their ability to make you to make those other things secondary. Mm-hmm. It's yep. good and it's part of the film, but the the real thing is like I've I watched Cap have a journey. Yeah. I watch Iron Man have a journey. I watch these people have these journeys and these, these things that happen in their in their lives and watch that sort of so sort of spill out on the screen. Like that's the thing that makes them different. It's not no disrespect to any other <laughs> studios. <laughs> mm-hmm. But other films have attempted this <laughs> yeah. and it, it it devolves into a CGI battle yeah. and dark skies and rain and rain. fire yeah and it's yeah. just like okay here's this big planet that's about to invade our planet and it's the yeah. thing you notice the most because the rest of the script and the story isn't as interesting or compelling yeah i guess final thought i have on this is and i've got had this question from a number of folks saying do i need to see other avengers films to see mm. this film mm. I, th- I think there are affinity a war for sure i yeah. was like yeah. <laughs> yeah infinity war and captain marvel because if you have not seen even though captain marvel does not tie in so deep. If you were watching this one without anything and suddenly this really powerful person shows up, you would mm-hmm. be like, wait, what? So I would not recommend this, but if you, if somebody wants to go into this and just want another bare minimum, yeah. Infinity War and Captain Marvel. I say Infinity War, Avengers. Yeah. I'm wondering if first like first Avengers, first Avengers. Yeah, because I'm sitting here going, maybe that, we that, a, yeah, that do we, or do we put a Civil War in there and an Iron Man in there I mean, too? Just to, I mean, again, if, it depends on how much time yeah. do you have. How, yeah. yeah, right. I, I, so, have, I want to have a question for both of you. This movie is three hours long. Yep. it clearly is going to be heavy on people's bladders. Yeah. When, when do you think is a good moment for people to go to the bathroom? There isn't one. I had one. You did. I did have one. Oh. And this is non-spoilery at all. Okay. There's a sequence in the film where just Tony and Cap go off to do something. Oh. That is your moment. Really? You f- you found that to be the, I, the bathroom yeah. break moment? I disagree. No, because I think I think the payoff of that sequence is at the end of that whole thing. Uh, so if you right. go to the bathroom early before they get to these moments, I think you'll you'll still catch the moments and you'll get your bathroom break. Uh, that one is tough because that that scene. That's surgical. You better be surgical. I was gonna say. Like, I mean, quick because there are two key things that happen. One with each character. Yeah. Where I, else would you go? I, that is the thing. Like I came in dehydrated. Oh like, yeah. yeah, I went in. <laughs> I, I drank less water and less coffee earlier in the day, and then I went and and used the the facilities. Yeah. Fifteen minutes before screen time, mm-hmm. I made it through. Yeah, but that was only because of the fact that I had you know prepared prepared in yeah. advance. Well, yeah. like and there the people that we were sitting with, uh, our friend Jess and her dad, the movie was going on, going on, and it was like the last fifteen minutes, like yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, she gets up. She was like, "I, I have to." And they left like, during like yeah. a part. I was like, Ooh. "I know." I know. It was like, so it, it is one of those things where I think if you, and again, like, no shame or whatever. Like, if you need to, just find somewhere in the middle. I mean, just yeah. like, just do that because if you don't wait, wait to the third act, exactly. If you wait to the third act, like, because yeah. so is when. much <laughs> happens in the third act, and especially yeah. sort of the end was sort of tying everything up. That's very heartfelt, and like you're yeah. gonna be so upset if you come in like, "What did I miss?" Someone's like, "Well, you missed this thing." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that is that yeah. is going to be rough. Because and I've heard a few folks say, "Well, they could have tightened this up here. They could have shortened sure, that up there." Sure. I'm like, "Yeah, you could have, but I, I really I, it didn't feel long." I don't. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah. So, but then I mean, we're three fans. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's, that is true. For me, this is a theater, pure and simple. Awesome, big screen, big sound. That's the way this is meant to be seen. That's yeah. the way it should be seen, and therefore it's a theater. Um, John, where it, are you coming? The same at? Okay. theater. I mean, I think that 
not only diehard comic book fans like Tim and I yeah. will enjoy this, but this is such an emotional movie. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing Tim talked about was the emotion and not, oh, wait until the third act. Like, no, just the emotion. So I think people who are new to the franchise, mm-hmm. the whole cinematic universe who have not been watching it since 2008, I think are still just going to enjoy this. So absolutely theater. Yeah. yeah. Theater. Theater. Oh, okay. I think it's... It's a it's a great accomplishment, and I think this is if you're a fan of these films, this is definitely the way you want to, you know, like shows like Lost and The Wire and Sopranos and, and Breaking Bad all struggle with how to end these these long stories, and it's people are fifty fifty on some of them, but I think Marvel Studios has found like the, the best way to end sort of this long form story, and I'm excited to see what happens yeah. next. So now on that. Here's the kind of the, the question yeah. that, I, that I want to pose to both of you because mm-hmm. you are both much more read on the whole comic world than <laughs> I am, which is, and this does tie in. Uh, so this, uh, okay, here's one possible spoiler. <laughs> one mm-hmm. possible spoiler. There's no end credit scene that we are given Correct. per se. However, however, I did notice something at the end of the film. Mm-hmm. End credits. It was almost a Star Warsian thing. Where remember I I don't remember which Star Wars was it was episode two if you okay. will Attack of the Clones Attack of the Clones at the end of Attack of the Clones end credits at the end there was this right right iron lung sound right because mm-hmm. it's like the foreshadowing of what's to come mm-hmm. at the end of Endgame mm-hmm. last music cue ends and uh, it was on beat mm-hmm. so I can't say for certain but it sounded to me like a hammer striking a forge mm-hmm. or a hammer mm-hmm. striking a, like a sword or something mm-hmm. being forged right did you guys yeah pick that up yep so ready to step into john's conspiracy box i would love <laughs> Me and to john have talked about this a while i let him get this i let him get it off i let him get this off but yeah so, go ahead so what i want and again this is what you want deep cut comic book stuff so they just acquired a lot of the Fox, well, not a lot, of, a bunch of the Fox stuff. All the Fox content. All the Fox content. They're shaking hands with Sony, with mm-hmm. Spider-Man, like, because Sony basically was like, we really need to make solid movies again. Yeah. So my thing that I really want, so the end of Doctor Strange, we see Baron Mordo uh, go up to Benjamin Bratt okay. and get mad at him that he has been using magic to be able to walk. And Baron Mordo essentially takes away his magic. Oh, yeah. Okay? So... We then pick up Baron Mordo somewhere. He has been traveling the world, finding people using magic and taking it away. He ends up in Latveria, a European country with a (laughs) dystopian ruler, Victor Von Doom, who he finds out has been using some arcane magic. They They end up working together. Baron Mordo teaches him magic. Boom, you have an introduction to Doctor Doom built in to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So the hammer, I like if they had shown even an eye hole of a Doctor Doom mask, hmm. I would have lost my mind. But you know they can't do that. Like, I know we, we, they cannot do that. We've talked about this <laughs> I know. multiple times. This isn't something that was even close to remotely happening. Now, I think that hammer <laughs> noise was paying homage to some of our characters in, yeah. the, in the MCU. I think that's what it was. Okay. I think, it's, a, it's a throwback to the very, very first Iron Man yeah. when, he, when he built his own thing in the cave. I yeah. see. Okay. That makes sense. My heart wants it to be a Doctor Doom. But it, you, we know it can't be. I know it cannot be that, but <laughs> you I know really it want it to be. Like, they're so close to being I able to I love your have... long spiel, but it's, it's <laughs> for not. So close. It can't happen. They won't happen. They The ink just dried on the Fox deal. There's no development, anything so... that's 
Fantastic Four related or X Men yeah. related or anything. There's none of that. There's no <laughs> Wolverine claw showing up. There's none. None of that is happening. Yep. So therein lies the question. So where do we go from here? So where do we go from here is basically Disney Plus, mm-hmm. the service that will be rolling out in November for six ninety nine, mm-hmm. that will have everything. Mm-hmm. All every Disney animated movie is going to be there immediately at launch. Mm-hmm. But the big thing they're doing are original content like Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix. So they have already announced five Marvel MCU TV shows. So Uh. WandaVision is one of them. They're doing a Hulk one where possibly we're going to get the introduction of She-Hulk, his cousin. A Hawkeye one where he is probably going to pass the torch to Kate Bishop, who he did in the comics. Mm -hmm. We don't know that. I mean, this is these but, were in like yeah. the announcements. I don't know that, if that's actually going to happen. Sure. They're announcing a Hawkeye show. Okay, that much we know. Yeah, so so, so, the, so we're looking television, television, yeah, yeah. Disney Black Plus Widow. Television. Like as far as the movies, there's like a Bucky, um, yeah, yeah. A Bucky uh, Winter Falcon Soldier, show. Falcon TV show. As far as the movies, the next big one is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Mm-hmm. What that has in the post-credit scene. I think that that will be that that should be very interesting. We know they're doing Black Panther two. We know they're doing mm-hmm. another Guardians movie. We know mm-hmm. they're, they're Doctor Strange. We're just Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange, Strange. Two, Black Widow, Black most Widow, likely prequel at this point. A prequel, solo prequel to one of her missions, which will probably tie in a Hawkeye and Shield and some Hydra stuff. Yeah. Um, so we know that's coming. Now the Fox content that they own, which includes X Men, Wolverine, Fantastic Four, not sure if they know what they're going to do with that. Kevin Feige. Um, we previously worked on the very first X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. So that's something he cared about. He had an idea for the shared universe, which is kind of what we just got done watching. And right. There was no vision for it at Fox. No. So they went away from it or didn't really do it. So I'm fascinated to see what he does with these characters that he clearly cares about. Yeah. Now I had heard at one point that they had whiteboarded like phase one, phase two, yes. phase three. Oh yeah. yeah. Are we, what phase are we through at this, this point? This is so Spider-Man far from home will be the, end of phase four yeah. okay which is why this one not having a post-credit scene is okay yeah the way it ended was deserved it was sweet we know spider-man is coming we do not know what the next big project is after that so but i'm the, interested to see what they do in but Spider-Man. They, said, they said they hit a lot of those ideas because they wanted they didn't want to spoil this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Tom Holland is the worst at nah, keeping secrets. I mean, it's just in general, right? <laughs> whatever. So whatever these titles are, yeah. Um, apparently were potential spoilers for Endgame, so they decided to keep whatever titles for what they were doing next. So I think as we get into July is going to be Spider-Man: Far From Home. It's also Comic Con, so I'm sure we'll hear something from them at some point around that area about what they plan on doing and yeah. what films they plan on making. Yeah. So are there? Fi- the other question that's come my way is, are there other comics out there that you desire to see made? Oh, my gosh. Into what, a television show or a movie? <laughs> like, well, I would say a movie first. Because the television, the whole television love, thing is... I would is, love a is, Blade reboot. Okay. Yes. I would love a Blade reboot, yeah. uh, very popular Wesley Snipes trilogy yeah. in, the, in the 90s, early 2000s. Without, without that. those movies, we would not have had the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. No. We would not have had the X-Men movies. Like, yeah. Blade should be getting way more credit than it deserves. It yeah. gets kind of forgotten about because it, it was in that 90s. It was, and it was an R-rated movie yeah. about a dude killing vampires. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to sell dolls yeah. for yeah. for kids. Um, yeah, there there's a new actually comic series going on right now uh, that is Wolverine versus Blade. Mm-hmm. And so Blade is still in still the zeitgeist. Around. Like, it's still, you could, you could slot yeah. in 
so Blade a, a, a Blade reboot reboot would be nice. Mm-hmm. I would yep. love to see Disney and and them sort of reboot. You know the X Men and Fantastic Four, but that's like a pipe. I was gonna say, do you do you think we'll ever see a Fantastic Four really yeah. actually be fantastic? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I think. And the X Men movie that actually explores X Men, and I've had this debate with other people, other critics that. There's there is a rich story to be told about the X Men that's mm-hmm. very much on brand with what's happening across the globe now, right? Yep. If you if you go back and watch the very first animated series from X Men animated series, it's about Jubilee and the Mutant Resident Resident uh, Mutant Registration Act, Act mm-hmm. where they convince mutants to register, but then they end up hunting them, uh, and mm-hmm. Jubilee's on the run, and she ends up running into the X Men, and they take her to to Charles' mansion. And they protect her, and that's the introduction to the cartoon. So those kind of stories that are like civil rights stories, like there's a reason why these kids stay at Professor X's mansion because they're not safe out in the world. Right? People, there are people. There's a world. There's a freedom of humanity, and these senators mm-hmm. and people who hate mutants, and they're doing everything to try to pass laws to clamp down on the mutants. And the X Men are they're they're not only tasked with with keeping them them and people like them safe. They're tasked with saving people who hate them. Yeah. Well, and that's and, a fascinating story. The, the yeah. films. Barely touched, like and barely. just flat out surviving yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, I, in almost every X Men movie, we get some character looking at a human presenting mm-hmm. mutant and somebody who is not as human presenting, being like, "You don't know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can walk around and nobody knows. I cannot." Until so we get one of those. They, in- really. they had Nightcrawler walking around the mall and no one seemed to pay attention to him. Oh yeah, but it's Nightcrawler who looks like a demon. It's right. just walking through the mall. And they're yeah. watching like, what were, they, what were they watching? The Star Wars in Apocalypse. Yeah, they oh, go yeah. to the mall, and yeah. he's just a demon-looking child walking around, and yeah. no humans pay attention. Like yeah. the new trailer for Dark Phoenix is like Magneto dodges a metal blade. Uh-huh. There's, a, there, there's a shot of Storm who controls weather, <laughs> like with an umbrella in the rain. Like it's little stuff like that that's super yeah. annoying. Like yeah, why? Right. Why don't you, we have to be smarter about how we make these films? Yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as other comic book properties. I mean, it's staying with this kind of world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an X-Force run in the early 2000s that became X-Statics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Milligren and Michael Allred relaunched that, and it was amazing. Like, they they would have to do, I would think, an animated mm-hmm. version to really nail Mike Allred's style, but an X-Force slash X-Statics animated program, right. animated show would be incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, interested I mean, to see if they do any of this sort of like Miles Morales stuff live action with the success of yeah. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, a Spider-Gwen live action. I'm excited to see if they do any of that because I think fans and, and, and kids would love it. So are you are you thinking more in terms of just any of these properties being animated or... Possibly. Or, oh, yeah. I mean, or I guess because what I'm looking more towards are like the actual like actors on a set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Um the, there are just there are so many. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it kind of depends on what you're what you're going for and what your audience mm-hmm. is. Are you mm-hmm. are you cons- are you considered doing like a singular story like V for Vendetta? Or are mm-hmm. you trying to do a bigger world mm-hmm. like the Justice League? Like yeah, it, it really right. depends on what you want to do. There's a great comic called The Private Eye about this world where people all wear masks and there's a murder and they're trying to find a murderer, but everyone wears a mask. And that's a, I was like, this would be a really fascinating film or yeah. like a, a short miniseries to watch. There's always these one-off comics that are really cool that you can... And, and there, that was kind of really more what I was kind of wondering about because I don't know how many different... Oh, co- I mean, I know there's it's a, a million of them because I've mm-hmm. seen the guys hauling their boxes in and out of the convention center when yeah. it comes to Comic-Con going, I right. know there's a million different mm-hmm. comics out there. Right. But I'm just curious to know, like, 
But the, the yeah. beauty thing, the beautiful thing about this sort of community is, and it being popular culture is, you know, even with we just got in praising the MCU, but those were like C level characters when yep, they yeah. started. These that weren't was what Marvel. Like, that was all they had. So left. All they had left, and they <laughs> turned the they turned Iron Man and Captain America and these guys into like the the biggest movies ever made. So yeah. if you if you have someone who cares about the property and knows how to make them, you can take a smaller comic and make it something very interesting. You can take you know, Swamp Thing or, or Century and, and tell like a super interesting story. Well, Swamp Thing has a new TV show yeah. on, on DC Universe on that app. Yeah. Uh, super excited for that. So, I mean, we're at the point where, yeah, they can take risks. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, it was an unknown quantity. Now they're at least, some of them are successful, some of them are not, but they're willing to take those risks into these genres and just start digging through those comic book boxes, looking for something to latch on to. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Looking for that fresh material. Mm-hmm. Well, capping this one off, episode 88, Avengers Endgame getting three strong theater recommendations. La Llorona getting a rental and a skip. Penguins getting a thorental, as it were, <laughs> from the squabblers. Uh, any other projects that you guys are working on at this point? Uh, right now, nothing too much. We were just talking, Tim and I were just talking about it. Uh, nothing Big is coming out for like three weeks because every studio, yeah, every theater they've, they've was all like, given a, a clearance. Uh, yeah, they were because yeah. they just they knew. Not the Intruder, uh, no, <laughs> or Longshot, no. They're both coming out. Oh yeah, yeah, they are. But it just like the next big thing is not for another like three weeks. So yeah. kind of in that weird position right now. And then Sif is coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, translations. That's so. right. The uh, Translations Film Fest coming up. Uh, incidentally. A uh, website on that is translations. Actually, it's a uh, $3billcinema.org. Mm-hmm. And the Translations Film Festival going on May 2nd through the 5th. This is the 14th annual on that. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to have Sam Berliner on that, but Sam has been dealing with a mighty case of bronchitis. Yeah, get well soon. So, uh, yes, deep breaths in and out. Uh, and uh, Tim, for you? Uh, some reviews coming up. I was just recently at um, Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival, so I did a quick recap of that. Some some cool features, a lot of very interesting shorts. All a lot right. of cool, interesting horror shorts. Some of them you can find online, and they're, they're great. At People's Critic. Yeah. And uh, that guy, John, mm-hmm. your podcast is about to review. It is, yeah. Weekly podcast, weekly film review podcast, amplifying diverse voices in media. You can find it at About to Review on all social media and AboutToReview.com. Before we go, and I do this every time, huh. and I always get cut off, but thank you so much for having me. Like, yeah. I, I love coming down here. I love being part of this. No, uh, thank you. And I you. always say, that, like, I go to say that, and then we end, and then I'm like, womp, womp. Womp. I'm yeah. not going to say thank you. I'm going to be, I'm be the contrarian. I'm just not going to say thank you. All right, well, not th- not going to say thank you, Tim, but happy birthday, Tim. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate All right. it. Thanks. Episode 88, we'll put this one in the can, and uh, I'm Adam Gerke. We're out of here. Thanks much to Sprint's Arbogast, our producer.